Welcome back to One Street Over. I'm Mike. And I'm Bryce. We're two guys who have been friends for nearly 20 years. We want to share our perspectives and how our world has shaped our ideas. Today we're meeting back at the street corner to give everyone a life update. Our friend Jenny is back to interview us today. So welcome back, Jenny. Hey guys, thanks for having me back. And Mike is also back. Hello, I'm here. Yay. I'm glad to have you here too, Jenny. <laughs> thanks. Happy to be what here. have you come up with to ask us, Jenny? So um, a few of your listeners would like a life update on how you guys are doing and would like to start off with where you are at in life, geographically and professionally. Professionally, Yes. I know you're the interviewer. <laughs> everything, everything is fine. So, well, we're physically recording here in my apartment. Um, which previously we had been recording in uh, my parents' basement with just me and Bryce on a <laughs> coffee table. So that's a big step, but that was about two years ago now. Two and a half. Yep. Nice. And I guess other than that, we're still in Peoria. Yeah, so I've been here for a year and a half, and I definitely like it better than when we lived in a house. Um most of the reason is because <laughs> mostly because I don't have a roommate. Um, not that you weren't a great roommate, but <laughs> if we had other roommates too, I just really enjoy privacy. Um, I'm I'm pretty introverted, but I like to be extroverted when I want to be. So I wasn't forced into that. And then uh, I can you know clean things the way I want to clean them. I can keep things arranged the way I want them. Um, and then it's also just the house we were living in was kind of like owned by slumlords. So mm. the pipes were frozen and uh, it was super cold uh, during the winter. There was a lot of bugs in the summer. Um, and my my room in the old house was like connected to the laundry room. So that was always really annoying. Oh, yeah. Um, but I like this place. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, I moved out into an apartment. And I have been enjoying it and I've, I'm enjoying being away from or like having my own stuff. And like you said, being able to have like things in the apartment, I want them, not like how my parents wanted them. But looking back, I do really enjoy living in the house with the like living in a house with roommates as opposed to living in an apartment with roommates. And I think I realized I was thinking about it just today and the fact that in our apartment, the kitchen is so centrally located to everything that, well, especially my room, that whenever someone's in the kitchen, like my room is just like right there and you can hear everything that happens. And I really liked our house where if somebody was in the kitchen, either making food or doing dishes, like you probably didn't hear it in your room. And I definitely didn't hear it upstairs in my room. Yeah, that makes sense. It was definitely like, more fun to be in a house together because like when we were just had nothing to do in the afternoon it'd be like hey let's watch a movie or do something and then now it's uh we have to put effort into planning those things out and it's like uh like I, said, I gotta clean up before someone comes over i have to ask if that person wants to come over and then that person has to drive all the way here just to like watch a movie mm-hmm. how do you feel about your friendship growing do you feel like you're able to grow your friendship together now that you live apart or do you find like do you find it takes more work now than it did before 
Or is it still effortless? Work, but yeah. I think I really value like the time that we get. Yeah, there's Aww. less like there's not as much there going on like talk, like deep talks and hangouts and stuff but when we do have them it's like they seem to never end because like we don't want to like stop hanging out because we have to actually like plan that time out more nice so we have more deep conversations i think whenever we meet up and that's like on the golf course or here on the podcast mm. when we actually get or like actually in the prep is when the deep conversations happen the podcast is like the fluff (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah so i do i do miss living in a house and like when i first moved out i missed my parents because i realized it was probably the last time i would ever so regardless of location in your friendship you started your jobs and you've been working at them for a few years mike you as a nurse and bryce as an engineer so how do you feel about your jobs now being a few years in do you feel satisfied dissatisfied loving it so um in the first edition of this episode i was a nurse working just started working night shift and i think i probably talked about how that was a challenge and it was a challenge i did that for a year Mm -hmm. um it was three nights a week working um, 12, 12 hours through the night, seven to seven. And it was a lot of like, it was like a heavy patient load. So I was taking care of five individual people at a time, wow. um, managing like pretty much all cares. They were mostly stable, but it was a lot of multitasking. And mm-hmm. usually like people don't sleep during the night in the hospital. So there's, it's not like you're just sitting around waiting for them to wake up and have breakfast. Um, so I had a lot of anxiety with that actually. Um, I would have stomach aches and, um, things like that. And, and trying to flip my sleeping schedule from day to night was really difficult because I could work during the night. That wasn't the issue. It was like when I tried to do anything productive during the next day, I would have to stay up and not sleep and then i would feel sick and hungry because i didn't know when to eat and stuff like that so anyway after about a year uh, my contract was up for doing bedside nursing and i was just looking for a different type of job related to cardiology and so i found what i do now which is stress testing and uh it's a lot more fun the hours Mm -hmm. are great it's in the morning um it's like more involved like technically it's not like a lot of multitasking there's definitely like um in-depth thinking but Mm -hmm. it's just you're doing one patient at a time it's like a scheduled appointment and then that's really nice i like it a lot and i'm happy with where i'm at do you plan on staying there or like you said your your first job was a contract so is this job that you're on now is that also on a contract or how does nursing world? So I said contract, jobs. but it was actually like I got a grant from college for, I didn't have to stay on that floor for a year, but I had to do that type of nursing for a year to get some uh, kickback on my tuition. So this job wouldn't have counted because it's not bedside nursing because they know that's like the worst type of nursing. <laughs> so they want people to do that when they get out of college first. Um, so no, there's no contract to this either. I would stay here indefinitely, um, but I think my plans are to move out of Peoria. So I would hopefully be able to find this type of job, um, just doing stress tests in another state. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there, I would either have to do more education or um, 
do some type of side hustle with like healthcare too. Uh, like that's news to me. Have you been thinking about moving or, <laughs> um, or what are you going to do? Price yes. is going to lose his podcast, buddy. I, I, yeah. <laughs> How are we going to do podcasts? Um, I would probably get married first and then discuss that with like my future wife if we were going to like where we would move. But I don't think Peoria is, has much to offer anymore. <laughs> right. It's not really an investment to live here. Mm-hmm. But I love my friends and family who are here. So that's like a huge factor that may end up keeping me here. So, Yeah, for sure. Do you have any new interests or hobbies that you've taken up in the last few years? The only new hobby, I guess, would be this podcast. Which is pretty sweet. Yeah, this has been more consistent, which is fun. Uh, my hobbies uh, haven't changed too much. I used to do disc golf, but we did it like a lot more together uh, this we last a lot year. Last year, yeah. I don't golf like regular golf as much as I used to because I don't have like someone who will go or like I just haven't invested the time in the practicing. Otherwise, I feel like I'm just kind of busy with work and uh, hanging out with my girlfriend, which is kind of the next (laughs) segue here because I've been in a relationship now for a year and that's been a lot of fun. So, yeah. So that's your hobby. Your that's girlfriend. Pretty much my hobby. Well, so it's not that she's my hobby, it's the fact that we've done we've done a lot of things together uh that were new to me. So uh her name is Carissa. Um she's I guess I don't know if she should say she's here with us today. She's listening in on our podcast. Uh she's a beautiful girl and um it's been a good year. So but we started doing things together like playing Pokemon cards, um, which I didn't know you could actually play that game competitively. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought you just collected them and looked at them. <laughs> so that's a lot of fun. Um, and also it's been like quarantine life, you know, the last year. So we did a lot of things like puzzles and, um, uh, yeah, playing Nintendo and stuff like that. So, Animal Crossing is what she said. Animal Crossing, <laughs> yes. I didn't want to confess Call that. You out. I didn't want to confess that on, on air, but uh, I guess I play a lot of Animal Crossing. Yeah. Nice. So what other kind of positive changes in your life have transpired since COVID or just in the last few years, especially with re- relative to relationships, whether they've been romantic or otherwise? So for me, I haven't had any like serious well that's not true (laughs) i had a couple like serious relationships but they never lasted that long like i thought it was gonna be serious but then it ended so that was kind of sad but Mm -hmm. i think more importantly i've gotten a lot closer with a lot of people at church and especially with the our tuesday night study group which jenny and mike are both in with me and Oh, and Carissa. I forgot she was here. <laughs> we have a live quiet. audience she's, she's today. Like a mouse. It's a she's new really experience. Quiet over there. Just <laughs> chilling. But like the so those relationships are the ones that I've been building up and are like way more important to me than mm-hmm. um uh like 
romantic relationship right now because of the fact that we all are striving towards pursuing Christ together. And I don't think I'm ready to do that like one-on-one with someone. Mm-hmm. And so doing, doing it with a whole group of 25 people on a weekly basis is, is really cool. And yeah. it's really cool to see other people like growing and being able to help other people grow and just being able to kind of learn and learn how to teach as well. So that's, that's the biggest those are the big relationships in my life right now. It's really cool. How about you, Mike? Yeah. Um, most of my willpower has been going into the relationship and, and working on being a better man, a better like Christian man uh, that can like lead in a relationship mm-hmm. um, and going to our Bible study together uh, has helped that. And then we do like a small group with men that we help each other grow as well. And so those things have taken up a lot of time and have just like been beneficial all all around. Um, So as far as like working on myself goes as well, um, when I started dating, I was working, I started working on um, no longer cursing and Mm -hmm. things like that. Things that I thought had to be changed uh, to become like a more mature, mature adult. Um, so Carissa helped me with that. She kind of called me out on certain things. And then I kind of remember having a conversation with Bryce about it and he called me out as well. And I was like, Oh, okay. I guess this is an issue (laughs) that I didn't realize I was having. Yeah. So when you think of cursing, I feel like that looks different for different people. Like they might think one thing is cursing or really bad when it's really not. So in your terms, what would cursing be considered? So I guess just using the Lord's name in vain and then using mm-hmm. like crass language, and crude humor. Crude yeah. humor is probably the lowest on the tier list mm-hmm. and it's something that I sh- should eventually start working on as well. Lowest in terms of like the... N- so like so the the hierarchy of like how bad it is would be for me is like using the lord's name in vain is the worst and then like crass language like the s word and the f word and then (laughs) sounds stupid and then uh, under that is just like crude humor so um like just sexual jokes or something like that Mm -hmm. innuendo yeah innuendos things like that i'm really good at them i was gifted in high school and um, <laughs> I think a lot of people can take things that direction and it's just like it becomes a personal choice mm-hmm. if you want to make the conversation kind of yeah and it, it all has it's been so a lot like a lot of people equate cursing at, with like an addiction it's like just something that becomes so easy to do not mm-hmm. an addiction it's just a habit sorry a bad habit yeah um so like it's so easy it just flows it's like your natural way and so they changing it is sounds and is very difficult but it's mm-hmm. actually a lot easier because it's mostly dependent on who you surround yourself with so the fact that we've all hung out together and we've been doing a lot of bible and church related things and my girlfriend doesn't do it it's mm-hmm. been super easy to stop doing it so your influences have changed yeah, I guess I don't hang out with so certain like high school friends as much. I mean, I still do, and it's not that I don't want to. It's mm-hmm. just like because of life, I don't see them as much. So it's just made that that part of my life a little bit easier. Nice. 
Yeah, I feel, I feel like uh, cursing's like something that I've definitely also been trying to cut out of my life, probably for the past six months, more so than more so than like any time before that. So, and it started with probably realizing I had a conversation with a girl that I was dating slash talking to, and. He kind of told me like, oh, no, you should talk to me how you would talk to your friends. And if you like swear around your friends, then then it's OK to like swear around me. And I just realized like, oh, man, I actually don't want that in a relationship because I think that when you do that, like we were, you start to like maybe say things that you don't mean or like swear at your mm. like girlfriend or something. And then uh, she can she would probably take it pretty bad and like if somebody swears at me and like somebody that I love then I take it much harder than if they just like criticize me yeah. and I think that comes with how my parents like raised me mm-hmm. and the fact that my parents like never swore and like the one time or maybe a couple times my mom ever swore at me I was like oh I am doing something wrong and I need to change right now yeah <laughs> And it, it was very rare. It was very rare, but um, I still remember feeling like super guilty when she swore at me. Mm-hmm. I'm thankful that like I had parents as well that like they did not curse around each other. They didn't curse in private either. Um, every once in a while, I'll slip up and they never like cursed at me. Um, they probably called me stupid, but. That's like as bad as it gets. <laughs> Actually, okay, I was trying to remember this as I was saying that and I couldn't think of it, but I just remembered what my dad told me that's like stuck with me ever since was if your entire vocabulary of like adjectives and um, verbs is the F word and the S word, like just as descriptive language, if that's your only vocabulary, then like I think that says more about like your intelligence and how deep you can go to like look for words. And if that's the only depth that you have for your for your language then it shows how like kind of lazy you are with how you talk yeah and Mm -hmm. so that like kind of stuck with me a lot and i was like man i do not want to be seen as like dumb or stupid so yeah i'm gonna try and be better about the words that i use and because there are plenty of good words to use in situations like oh instead of like you're a piece of (laughs) it's like oh you're kind of being disgusting right now and like that is like a pretty i know that word's become more like powerful in probably those five years like people don't like being called disgusting anymore <laughs> i don't know if anybody really loved being called disgusting ever but it seems to be it has more weight now than it did yeah. before and it's because of i think reality tv usage and like people being called disgusting on social media yeah. And they just don't like it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I definitely agree with the, with what you said about level of intelligence or just intellect in general. If the only way one can express themselves is through curse words or through taking the Lord's name in vain, I think that says a lot about who they are. And I think you had said that earlier in a previous conversation, Bryce, about how someone had said that if you're cursing, that is kind of who you are. And I think that's really true if you're looking at intelligence and intellect 
Like if that is the base of your vocabulary, then that does say a lot about who you are. Mm-hmm. It's like those are because if that's if that's what's coming out of your mouth, then that's probably what's the thoughts that are running through your head. Mm-hmm. And it's like, man, I actually do need to change how I think about things because I'm not being I'm being lazy with my thoughts and lazy with my tongue, which can turn into action as well. If you fill up your mind with bad words or bad thoughts, then they can turn into words that you actually say and then actions that you actually follow through on, hmm. which is a really a dangerous place to be. Yeah. It's also really jarring when, so like when you meet someone new and let's mm-hmm. say they're an adult or an elder and you, you, you have this like respect for them just as a stranger and someone you don't know. And then like, as soon if they don't curse, they're at the certain level. And then like, once they start cursing, it, like you, they, it's kind of jarring and it's almost like it drops their standard in your mind a little bit. And then if they do it a lot, it just keeps going lower and lower. Cause it's like, you know, I, when I'm around people who curse, it's usually my friends in their twenties or younger and stuff. And so when people older than that start doing it, it's like, well, did you ever, apparently you never like took the time as you were saying, Bryce, to like increase your vocabulary uh-huh. <laughs> that it's like, you're still just stuck in this. Like you still have the brain of like a teenager almost. Mm-hmm. I think you and I were fortunate to like grow up and I, I'm just thinking about our, our boy scout troop and how all like we would go on whatever night of the week and to Methodist church and then all of our dads would be there and I don't remember any of those dads ever like swearing. And so I think that was really influential on us not doing, cause I don't remember like swearing until high school and especially, uh, being in band and band camp. So that starting then, I think, I think we just had like a large amount of time before, before high school that we were able to not be influenced by cursing because of our parents and, our friends' parents, especially, like I would never go to a friend's house and hear swearing all the time, mm-hmm. which is like where most kids go. Especially like a Christian kid who grows up grows up in a Christian household, they're going to hear swearing outside of their household, and then probably bring it back to their family, and then get you. <laughs> but we never really had that because we weren't going to people's houses who swore a lot. Mm-hmm. Do you think that has made it easier to? rein in your cursing because it's not a part of the way you grew up or a part of what shaped your childhood. Yes. Yeah. I think well, yeah. But that's more on like my parents, I think not necessarily because I, there wasn't soaring in my home. Mm-hmm. I think that was more influential than even if I had gone to a friend's house, like if I had tried to come back and start swearing, my parents still would have like <laughs> killed me, <laughs> but I've always had a really good filter like a mental filter around my parents. Like even though I would swear all the time in high school and college, I would go home and be able to just cut it off. So I don't know if that's a gift or just uh, like a fear, of, <laughs> fear of my parents. <laughs> I'm glad you brought up a filter because like my story is I had a good filter as well. Cause it's like I would curse and stuff around friends 
and I would never do it in front of my parents and then I wouldn't do it in front of certain like Christian friends that I knew didn't do it and then I wouldn't do it in front of my girlfriend but it when I started drinking well not not when I started but like then when I would drink I used it as an excuse because most I mean like you can say oh my gosh I just lose my filter it's like you're consciously doing that Mm -hmm. um so I would use it as an excuse as like, okay, I've had a few drinks. So now it's like, I don't have control and then start cursing more. And that's when Carissa called me out on it. <laughs> and I was, cause I would assume, well, people will just think, oh, he's just had a few drinks. So like, he's not accountable for the things he says, which is absolutely not true. And so I realized I had to just be, just like start cutting it out of everything and not even like under the influence it's still like you're you have a conscious decision decision of uh, making making those uh sorry you still have a conscious decision of the things you say so yep and things just come out way easier when you're drinking too and so mm-hmm. like that's when you don't want to slip up and say something mean to someone it's like and especially have like swear with it because then people are going to remember that that kind of goes back to our episode on the voice and how the things you say just like is what repeats in people's heads yeah i do want to read before we move on from this topic i want to write read a passage from james that like kind of describes how we should talk so it's james 3 9 uh with the tongue we praise our lord and father and with it we curse human beings who have been made in god's likeness out of the same mouth comes praise and cursing my brothers and sisters this should not be can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring my brothers and sisters can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs neither can a salt spring produce fresh water it's kind of just saying like whatever comes out of your mouth like you can't be saying good things and bad things and have but like they're coming with the same intent and it's because it's coming from the same mouth yeah that's really true so i think passages like that are the ones that it's kind of like really convicting about the words that you say and the things that you say to people yeah it makes me think i don't remember if it's ephesians where they talk about being thankful um and if you're being thankful about all things then you're not going to be speaking negatively and like cursing things Mm -hmm. um so if you're if you have that like mindset of being thankful about god's blessings then there's nothing to really be upset about or angry about or curse about Mm -hmm. would you say that you talked a bit about environment playing a factor in the words that you say including curse words and them being accepted or not would you say that the types of media that you fill your mind with whether it's music or movies or books would you say that kind of influence has an effect on what you say absolutely yeah i would i would say i i would rank those though okay i think music is the most influential on the words that you say because of the fact that we like to sing along and like yes i I, i've been thinking a lot because i've heard it on podcasts and I think Martin Luther said like music is the highest form of worship that like a human can do for God. Mm-hmm. And so we're like using our voice and our talents to shape words. And so it's like really, it's obviously a really cool thing that humans can do, but 
when you sing songs that are not praising God or they're just putting words in your mouth and then it's just like, oh, but I'm just singing along. But it's still like you're training your mouth to say that word over and over and over again. And so that's why I would put music at the top for influence. And then like from personal experience, my parents still watch a ton of movies and my mom reads a ton of books and I know that they're not listening to or those movies have swear words and a lot of stuff. So I think it's easier to like separate yourself from a movie though than it is to separate yourself from music. Yeah. Because I would agree. you can put those words on that person on the screen and the music it's just like you're literally like saying it in your head as you hear it. So that's that's my opinion on that. I'd agree with you. I'm really glad you asked that question Jenny cuz actually my story of my origin story of cursing was like when I got a pod, when I got an iPod um, and started downloading music and my parents were like my dad talked to me and he said never download music with curse words in it and I was like well that's okay I won't and then my sister was like here's a punk album <laughs> and uh, like I listened to it all the time and I my parents talked to me again like you're not listening to music with like curse words are you and I'm no and I kept listening to this music and it really really like pushed me I still didn't curse in high school and then in college I started watching a lot of YouTubers that cursed and so that was kind of like the breaking point uh, of it because it was funny to hear people curse so I was like well if they're funny like when I do it it'll be funny yeah and it never really comes across that way I think that music in the same way of affecting just the words that you say. I think that music, movies, and books that you read have a huge influence on the ideas that you approve of. What do you think of that? Like, words communicate ideas, whether they're being sung, whether they're being heard in movies, or whether they're they're being read. So you're constantly infiltrating your mind and your heart with ideas. Do you think, how do you think that plays into our culture today? You ask that like more succinctly. (laughs) Yes. So basically those three, those three forms of media, books, movies, music, all have different ideas associated with them, whether they're approving of sex outside of marriage or racism or different issues that plague our culture today. What do you think the influence is? Do you think there's a huge influence, a correlation? Definitely an influence. Uh, It's still like, I think it would probably go in terms of like effect on culture. Mm -hmm. Movies would probably be at the top. And then uh music and then books because i don't don't know i just don't think of books as being that like because people don't read them yeah i think it's more of like the cultural the culture has moved away from books so they don't have as big of an influence which is sad Mm -hmm. but because books are actually i think the best way to improve your vocabulary absolutely Um, music vocabulary and music but Movies like definitely shape culture. Music, I think, shapes language. And whether culture shapes language or language shapes culture, I don't know. 
I don't know which one would have a bigger influence. Probably music still, because every movie needs music. <laughs> say something. Oh. Uh, you looked like you wanted to say something, Jenny. You want to say something. <laughs> say it. So where do you think the, what role the, does the church have oh. in this? Because okay, well, we get, <laughs> we get a lot of, we get a lot of ideas from the culture because the culture has all these different outlets that the church also uses. But in the end, who do you think has the biggest influence and why? Um, I was going to say all around the most profound well one of the most profound things i've heard was from my junior high um teacher at church mr gobin who said you are what you focus on mm. so that just tells you if you're if you're listening the things that you listen to constantly um and and read are the things that are going to shape your mind. So that's why people are like, Oh, I'm blocking people with different political views on social media. But if, if you didn't, if you blocked the people with your ideas and listen to the people with the other ideas, you would probably inevitably start thinking the other way. And mm -hmm. like, that's, what's weird is that you can totally like just shape the way you're thinking by what you bring in and, and take out of your life. So, the church for sure if you are attending and and participating that's going to change your focus and your um the way you res respond in life basically so it should be a huge influence however for most people it's something you just do once a week and then don't, you don't think about it again yeah so I guess with the church that what you said kind of made me think of, I really like what our church does and has the night of worship, which really makes like worship music better, I think, than just singing it on Sunday morning. Absolutely. So like, that night of worship was like really cool and really fun. And I've been listening to worship music like all week. And then I'll switch to some, some other like playlist on Spotify. Yeah. Whereas before it was, or like usually I just will like, you know, play my favorite music my stuff that i listen to the most currently and then like in the shower or something i'll play worship music but now it's just been like playing worship music because i want to learn those songs that we sang on sunday so tying back to your question how does the church have an influence on that i think that they can just do better about I don't know, promoting worship music like it's kind of a hard question because yeah they don't really have an impact on the culture as much as they did centuries ago and so how can the church be better about changing culture uh, it's kind of like a really hard question unless you just are able to like influence you know the younger generation yeah and like draw them to good music like clean music I guess mm -hmm. I think it also goes back to, we always go back to this, but to the foundations and to defining terms. If you define the church as a body of believers, then it would be everybody who is a believer in Jesus. And if the church wants to have an influence, then they will 
infiltrate, I don't know if that's the word I want to use, but infiltrate um, into the community and into each area of media or each area of influence, big or small, and plug really hard for truth, but do so winsomely and not just forcing or casting a shadow on other things. You're saying that the church needs to be better about drawing people in and then having them spread like their culture rather than the church like forcing opinions on people? I think the church does force opinions on people and people feel like they're being forced upon. However, when you're looking at truth versus something not seen as true, then... Uh, so did you have any other update questions? <laughs> I don't know. I'm kind of like not feeling that okay. <laughs> relates as much. Thank you for letting me derail your podcast for the last several minutes. Segwaying in from church membership and involvement. How do you feel about church membership? Is that something that you're for? Is it something that you're well, I guess more it was just like as an update, like Mike and I took the church membership class together. So like we're both like wanting to like uh, join in membership in our church. I don't know if I want to go into like my beliefs on church membership right now, <laughs> but like as a life update, like I think we're both taking big steps by wanting to be members of our church and like cause I'd been going there for four years and hadn't taken the steps to become members. And it was actually my, I think it was my mom and my dad who were like, Hey, if you're going to keep going to this church, you should probably, you need to pursue membership because they're giving you a service by like ministering to you. And so you need to be able to give back to your, to your like church community. And, uh, so actually I was voted in, Seven days ago Hooray. on Sunday. Congratulations. Thanks. Hooray. I took the class and I've been procrastinating <laughs> doing the interview. So that's, uh, that's on me, but we'll be talking, talking about procrastination uh, in a future episode. Yes, we will. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you for answering all of these update questions and also for inviting me onto your show. Yeah, so where can they find you, Jenny, if anyone wants to find you? Uh, if anyone would really like to find me, they can contact One Street Over at their email address, or as I said in the previous podcast, or a future podcast, whenever it happens, <laughs> you can find me um, on Instagram at ClayMateCo. As always, you can contact us at our email, OneStreetOver22 at gmail.com. It's the number one, streetover 22 at gmail.com. And uh, thanks for listening. Thanks, everybody. Bye.